Hey, gays and ghouls. I'm Sean Reedy. And I'm Katie Tool. And this is Friday Night Frights. And this is our mini-sode review of Don't Breathe 2, which I'm sure you've been waiting for with bated breath since hearing me rant about it on last week's episode. <laughs> we actually specifically asked you not to breathe. I don't know if you heard that in the last episode. <laughs> um, it's right there in the name. <laughs> yeah, it's it's there, so I hope that you've not been breathing. Um, <laughs> so I appreciate awful. your commitment to Sparkle Motion. Um, sorry, that's an obscure reference. <laughs> it's not even the right quote, but it's fine. It's fine. Everything's it's fine. fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> so, Sean, I'm, I'm going to let you go first. What did you think of this movie? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't, I don't mean to say, oh, no, in a bad, in necessarily a bad way. Um... So, I I don't want to say that this movie was bad. Like, I don't want to put that off and out there that that was the case. Um, I actually do think that they did a, a, a relatively good job with the film. I think that the... Um, a lot of... And I'm not going to say all of, but I think a lot of the feeling and emotion in a way that you get from the first movie does translate over to the second one. Um, I do feel like it, it had a decent amount of tension. Did it have nearly as much as the first one? No. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was good. I don't think it was great. There were definitely problems that I had with this movie. And right. I think... I think I want to get into it, but I don't want to get into it too much yet. <laughs> I want to know what you thought. <laughs> I was angry 35 seconds in and I stayed angry the rest of the goddamn movie. <laughs> yep, that sounds Here's about the thing. right. Here's the thing, though. The biggest problem... Okay, I mean, there were there were a lot of problems, but the biggest problem was that it was a sequel to Don't Breathe. Yeah. If they had used mm-hmm. the exact same premise... Right? Exact same premise. Blind war veteran with PTSD, you know, adopts, quote unquote, we'll get to that, a girl and, you know, is doing this like crazy survival training with her. She gets kidnapped. Like they could have done this exact movie and called it something else because it doesn't Mm -hmm. have anything actually to do with the premise of the original film except for the character of the blind man who they did as we feared they would Mm -hmm. sent on this ridiculous redemption arc Mm -hmm. that a is ineffective because he's he still is like doing bad things right and b it's like no motherfuckers (laughs) (laughs) The only part of it that I was like, at least they had him say out loud that he had raped people. Like, he did at least say out loud, I have Mm -hmm. killed, I have raped. Right? Because in the first movie, he did claim to not be a rapist, which really pissed me off. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, so I I think had it been just the exact same movie, 
but not a sequel to that movie, it actually would have worked better because yeah. like they just don't go together. Right. Like how you got like, is this movie supposed to take place eight years after the last one? Because he definitely did not have that little girl in the last one. Right. And, and I no. <laughs> What's the timeline here? Like, I really can't tell. Like, it kind of seems like it was maybe, like, maybe within the first year of him getting out of the hospital was mm-hmm. maybe when he found her. But they really give no explanation to, like, how he actually, like, got her. Right. And and like, there's... you... I... Go ahead. Sorry. No, I mean, it's just like there's no there's no indication that it's, you know, a, an extraordinary amount of time after the events of the first one. But they never refer to the, the events of the first one whatsoever. There's no. not like a flashback. He doesn't actually beyond his like half hearted confession at the end. Like mm-hmm. he never explains what had happened. He just said he just says, I have killed. I have raped, which right. like isn't even a spoiler. That he says that because we know he did that because we watched the first movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, if you watch the first movie, you know he did that. So, like, that's not even a spoiler. But, like, he doesn't the, actually explain it at all. The Literally, the only, the only thing that you would have needed to change to make this a standalone movie was to take that part out. To take that right. one confession... And really only the aspect of him saying that I have raped because he's done, he did horrible things in this too. He didn't rape anyone. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, and like, and he, they did this whole weird, okay, so I am not a veteran, but if I were, I would be pissed off by this movie because they do this whole weird thing where like not only the blind man, but everyone else who's a complete psychopath, they're all like, yes, we're veterans. And like, that's given as if it's connected somehow. Right. <laughs> and it's not. Right? Like, no. <laughs> no. But there is that that whole little, like, short, very short conversation that Hernandez has with Norman, who is still never named. Um, <laughs> right. No one ever says a name. Um, where she says, you know, you're a very bad man. You've done terrible things. At least that's what you think. That's what we all think sometimes, all of us who have served, right? Like, so you could you could have attributed all of his guilt and all of his hypervigilance and all of his paranoia to the war mm-hmm. and been totally fine. You could have totally skated with that. It made a hell of a lot... It would have made a hell of a lot more sense than what the plot of this movie actually was because the other thing is like the plot of the plot of his rivals is so stupid (laughs) and nonsensical and cartoonishly evil because it has to be cartoonishly evil because in order to make him the good guy, the other side has to be cartoonishly evil. Like, to make you root yeah. for this guy, the thing that the other side is doing has to be so unconscionable. And, like, it... I don't know. The links between 
the situation was just so... I mean, cartoonish is a really good word for it. It is just like, like, really? Really? And like, right. I don't know if we want to say... I don't know if you want to say... What? Well, well, we can say this. We can say that there's a meth lab. Yes. Right? And that... So there's this group of, of, you know, drug dealers who run this meth lab. And one of them is dying. And the justification given for the extreme measures taken to save this woman's life is that she's the one who cooks the meth. Yep. And it's like, there are lots of fucking people who cook meth. Like, she's not Marie goddamn Curie. Like, this is right. not, this is not, like, it's. it just doesn't make sense. Like, this isn't where anyone's brain would go. Like, I would be, <laughs> honestly, I, I would I would be a little pest, pissed off if, if, if I was a meth dealer and this is how I was being portrayed. Like, that I would right. do this because I needed to right. cook meth. Like... <laughs> Like, are you claiming that you're working with a Marie, with the Julia, did I say Marie, with the Julia Childs of meth? Because, right? Yeah, no one else could possibly cook meth as well as she can, or even know how to do it. Like, that your entire operation will falter and die if, with this woman, if you don't do something that is cartoonishly evil. Mm -hmm. Like, Seriously, the the thing I wrote down in my notes during this part of the movie was Dr. Mangala's meth lab. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just like, we just left the station. We were just off the fucking rails all of a sudden. Like, everything made sense. Yeah. Until you got there. And you were like, wait a minute. (laughs) What is happening right now? And I get it. (laughs) I get that they were going for the same hard left turn that they had in the middle of the last one. Right. And again, to top that, it had to be something completely outlandish. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it's outlandish that a man might be keeping a, a, you know, teenage girl hostage in his basement and trying to impregnate her with a turkey baster. But it's not impossible. Like, such things have happened. Yes. Right. So like that still that still rang true. It still like felt real. But this you're just like, no one would do this. <laughs> like no one, no, no one's mind would even jump to this as a solution. <laughs> like, how did you I even mean, think of this? I mean, don't get me wrong. People are fucked up. But people like, are fucked up. It's absolutely it's the way about it. Like, like. I can see, I could see someone technically potentially doing this in a way, but right. like the, the path, the route that we get to see in the movie, it just isn't, it's nonsensical. It's nonsense. I mean, really that's, that's the word for the plot is it's nonsensical. Like, yeah. and, and not even, and not even really in a particularly fun way, right? Like. Sometimes right. nonsensical plots are fun. This one, you're just like, I mean, maybe it was just me, but I was just pissed. I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I think I like, I may have liked the movie more than you did. However, however, um, like, I still wholeheartedly agree at the fact that, like, he should not have been made a hero. 
Right. Well, yeah. And that's that's the thing. It's like if it wasn't, it would have been a lot easier to swallow all of this. Oh, God, I shouldn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he forcefully swallowed it quite easily in the first movie. He did. Yep. (laughs) It would be easier to accept this nonsensical plot line. If it weren't being presented as a redemption arc for a man who kidnapped a teenage girl, held her captive, repeatedly sexually assaulted her, and then killed two more teenagers before mm-hmm. kidnapping, uh, before killing her, and then kidnapping another girl and holding her, right? Like, the thing about Don't Breathe... Right, right it's like this is not this is not a person people who do that kind of thing are not people who can be redeemed i'm sorry no like you just don't hold people hostage (laughs) in your basement with this elaborate like setup Mm -hmm. like your fucking um what's his ass who am i thinking of dean coral comes to mind um, mm-hmm. but there's another one. The guy with like the trailer, he has three names, which doesn't help because they all have three names. I keep wanting I was to say, say they Charles all have Lee three Ray. Names. <laughs> I keep wanting to say Charles Lee Ray, but that's Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the power I bag, bag of you. <laughs> we'll have that Back to talk about on next Man. month's video as well, because there's the, the show coming. Yes, there is, and I need it in my life. But yeah, you know, like, he was one of the guys that had, like, a torture chamber, right? Like, mm-hmm. these people do exist. Um, and yes, like, organ trafficking rings also exist. I feel like we especially can say that. Especially in Michigan. Especially in Michigan. We're actually big for it. We're big for organ trafficking and human trafficking. Like, yes. the whole human. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what? Maybe I am state. actually more so thinking of human trafficking. But I mean, I think they go to. I mean, I'm sure they go together. <laughs> I'm sure. So, like that part makes sense, and I feel like we can say that that's involved because they yeah. they they hinted that very early in the movie. Like, I don't feel like that's a huge spoiler. No. Yeah they they mention the human trafficking. Uh, on the news, like, in the very beginning of the movie. Which, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, you have a bigger budget. Can you just use, like, one of the news channels that's, like, actually in the Metro Detroit area? We have, like, <laughs> ten of them. We have quite a few. Like, I'm We're just kind saying. of a big, like, it's kind of a big city. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> Yes, the actual population of the city, like within the city limits, is a lot less than it used to be, but it's still 750,000 people. And then uh-huh. if you count the whole metropolitan area, like, I think we're the, like, the 11th largest or something. Or maybe we're the 11th largest city in an even bigger metropolitan area, but that's, like, yeah, it's big. Like, we have a lot of, I don't know. It was, that part, so when I started getting angry is during her survival training. That's when I started getting angry. (laughs) Because I'm like, you stole this girl. Yep. 
in order to abuse her. Mm-hmm. Because that's 100% child abuse. Like, yep. And clearly part of the reason that you're... Which is, which is what I say when I'm like, it doesn't work as a, redemp- a redemption dark. What am I saying? My God. It doesn't work as a redemption arc if you're still doing bad things, like actively, as you're quote unquote redeeming yourself. Like, the fact is, the entire situation wouldn't have happened if he had, like, not taken that girl. She was in a position to be placed in probably a normal home with normal people. After the, and okay, we can say this too. Her house burns down. So he finds this girl in the street after her house burns down when she's like three. And she's young enough that she doesn't remember her house burning down. Right? Mm -hmm. Because if she was, I mean, she was like, I'd say three tops when he found her. Yeah, because it would make sense that she's like, that she's 11 now. Right. I mean, yeah. And that's kind of how old she feels is like 11, maybe 12 at the outside. But she's like... Mm -hmm. Young enough that she doesn't remember anything before the fire. Mm-hmm. And so he not only steals her when, like, there were probably, like, other relatives she could have gone to live with who weren't insane. Right. Who were neither, like, murderers nor drug dealers nor anything. Like, not that drug dealers are automatically murderers, but you know what I mean? Like, that were probably none of those things. And would have never been in this situation in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also lies to her. And tells her that he is, in fact, like, her real father and that her mother died in the fire. Right. And then he puts her through, right? Like, not okay. Not okay. Like, when when did you expect... How long did you expect this to hold up? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then puts her through this regimen of this crazy survivalist training. And doesn't let her interact with anyone like at the you know she begs to go into town which sean and i were talking about no one in detroit says into town by the way like no no one says we're going into town when we mean we're going into the city of detroit like we say we're going downtown (laughs) or we're going into the city or into detroit we i've never heard anyone say we're going into town (laughs) when they're talking about going to detroit you know you know who i've heard uh say that we're going into town hmm People that don't fucking live here. Right. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Which again is weird because like there was such close attention paid to those details in the first movie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we spent a significant amount of time in the last episode talking about how with the exception of the total lack of, of African-Americans in the movie right there really aren't which the trend pretty much completely continued but like besides that that like there were a lot of things that rang true Mm -hmm. about it being in detroit that detroit felt like a very uh integral part of the film and like almost became a character in and of itself in the movie And then Mm -hmm. in this one, it's hard to even tell if they're still living in Detroit or if they're like living out in the burp somewhere or if, but like they have to be close to the city because when they take her to that abandoned hotel 
which I think is supposed to be in Detroit, mm-hmm. Norman walks there. He walks there. Right. And he gets there very quickly. So it cannot be that far away. No, it's it just doesn't it just doesn't have the same feel. And I think the it biggest doesn't. thing I think I think the biggest thing is that while a good chunk at least basically all of the exterior shots mm-hmm. in the in Don't Breathe, the original mm-hmm. one, um, was Detroit. Right. A lot of the interior shots were not in the United States, but almost all of the exterior shots were. Where with right. this, not the case. Right. Yeah, like in the first one, everything that was actually lit mm-hmm. was real. Yes. Like they just like, I mean, we found the house. Yes. <laughs> right? Like we found the actual house where they did this. Like, mm-hmm. and, and you we could identify buildings as they like, you know, passed over them with like their little drone camera or however, or in the helicopter, however they got their shots. But... Like, it it was real. It wasn't a place that was made to look like Detroit. And the only part of the movie that was filmed elsewhere was the interior of a house. Right. Which could be anywhere, right? Like, mm-hmm. everything that was location-specific was actually filmed here. Mm-hmm. Do you know where they filmed this? So, most of the sequel was filmed in Belgrade, Serbia. Okay. Uh huh. Um, now I will say that a lot of the most of the exterior shots of um, Norman, I yeah. forgot his name, um, <laughs> of Norman's house is in Detroit. But that's just the exterior shots of the house. Like, so that big white house is in the city somewhere. Somewhere, yes. Okay. Um, however, I don't think all of the exterior shots were filmed in Detroit and a lot of them don't feel like Detroit. Now, I'm not going to say that I know every single part of Detroit because I do not, I would never claim that. No, because if you do not know, Detroit is massive. Yes, it is. Like just by, by like square miles, like surface area, it's huge. Mm -hmm. I forget what the exact number is, but it's, it's giant. Um, so yeah, so like I obviously like I can't identify every single thing in Detroit for sure, but it did just feel off. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like it was fr- it was filmed somewhere else, right? I... If which is fine, like there's nothing inherently wrong with that, like whatever. But it's just it contributed to the general like loss of tone from the first movie. Yes, you know what I mean. Like, and I know that everything that might be. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> the problem with doing it remotely is that it's like on that like just tiny delay. So we like keep talking uh-huh. about each other. Um, it contributed to just an overall feeling of stiltedness sort of or like this weird sheen of theatrics over the whole thing. Like, yes. Do you agree? Like there, like the conversations at the beginning between... Norman and the girl, and then between Norman and Hernandez, which is her name. Um, (laughs) And then, you know, like, at one point she says, we should get going. I wouldn't want to anger your father. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Shakespeare. Who the fuck says that? Like, (laughs) 
happening. Right. Yeah. The script was was odd. The script was odd. Like it. It, it wasn't all humane. just had this weird. It just didn't feel natural. It didn't. It yes. just. It felt like. The movie almost feels like a Hollywood money grab and not like a true heart and soul. I wanted to make this film like and I'm not saying that like there wasn't heart and soul that went into the movie, but and and I'm sure that a big part of it is that it it is a different director. I mean, I'm like, it's the the same man that worked on the first one, but he didn't direct the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, But. I don't know. I I think that uh, Roto did a good job of directing, but it just doesn't. It's just not as it's it's polished. It's over polished in certain ways and right and too raw in others or too right. not even raw too dull in others. Yeah. No, I agree. Like some of the mm-hmm. some of the dialogue and some of the you know, plot devices, the twist. It's just like, you're sitting there going, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, and like I said, I, I don't think that. Any of that would have bothered me quite as much if they weren't passing it off as a sequel to this movie to which it is simply not a sequel. Like, right. There's no connection between these films, like, except for that character, who they make out to be a completely different character. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, even the filming's different. Even the filming's not as, like, and I know that we focused on it when we were talking about the first one. The filming's not as tight. That's true. It is tight, but it is, it is a almost number by number... Or a, like a, like a color by number like filming. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I've seen this cinematography styling in almost too many movies. Right. Well, and I I also have a little bit of a problem with like this 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 kind of genre can sometimes skew into the problematic anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, but absolutely. the sort of like, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously horror movies can be, you know, hugely problematic all the time. But I mean, specifically the type of horror movie where like the, you have the person, usually it's a woman, and at the end, they're like made stronger and more badass by the experience, mm-hmm. right? This was an 11-year-old girl. Yep. Like, at the end, when she, like, says her name, like, and it's it's presented as some kind of triumph, it's like, no, no. This child has been systematically abused her entire life, lied to, and then has just witnessed multiple murders, almost been murdered herself. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's not okay. Like, this isn't fun, guys. Like, nobody wants to think about this. Like, as, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I was, I was mad. I was mad the whole time. I knew I would be. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was definitely hoping for, I think the thing is, is that I was hoping for 
like an actual redemption but like like you said like this man is just awful and there's mm-hmm. not really a way to um like redeem himself so they're like we'll throw it in right and like, well and like mm. in the weirdest ways in the weirdest ways like i don't know just like that of all the you know and then he like goes on this i don't know and and the the violence that the girl herself has to perpetrate mm-hmm. which like is just as as traumatic as the violence that is being done to her in many ways like it's it's just i was, I was just mad i was mad as soon as she was running through the woods, I got mad. I'm like, oh, great. This is where we're going with this. And she's 11. I also didn't know that she would be that young. Like, I don't know why, but like, I thought that she'd be like an older teenager, like 16, 17 years old. Right. Like borderline adult. Right. Not like a more child. like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like there's, there's no question about like this, this child's maturity level. She's 11. Mm-hmm. Like, she's a baby. (laughs) I mean, I guess it makes sense because, like, if he was going... If you had the whole, like... That if you were going to have the whole, like, um... Lie that he was telling her, that, like... She had to be young. Mm Mm-hmm. Because she would have figured it out on her own eventually. Yeah, it wouldn't have been... It wouldn't have been... it, It would have been even a further stretch for, um... To, like, think, oh, this, this 16, 17-year-old hasn't figured out yet that this man's not her father. Right. You know? Or or that, like, like, he's had her so long that she doesn't remember anything else. Right. Which, like, that's not called, like... The <laughs> fact that she's loyal to him is called Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> yep. It's not because he treated her well. Because he didn't. Mm-mm. Like, it's, it's not like... If they even, if they'd even put in one goddamn scene where he was actually acting like a father and like treating her well, mm-hmm. but all you see him doing is, is treating her like a soldier and telling her that, you know, she can't do things and that she can't go to school and that she can't have friends and that she can't leave the house for three months. And, mm-hmm. and then like, this is, and this is your hero. And at the end she's like, you know takes the name that he gave her and it's like of course she did it's the only name she knows i won't be surprised if you change your name in the future right yeah like of course right after going through this she's gonna still take the name that she's been called for like 85 percent of her life the 85 percent of her life that she remembers you know what i mean like i don't know it was just weird (laughs) It was a weird fucking movie, man. Like, and the, I mean, the first one was a weird, weird movie too. But the first one, like I said, the first one rang true. Like, you could see it. And this one, right. like I said, you just you leave the station and you're like, what the hell is happening? Like, this doesn't make any sense anymore. Yeah. And all I'm seeing is this little girl getting hurt over and over and over again. And I don't particularly like watching little girls get hurt over and over and over again. Like, that's not fun for me. It's not? Why not? No. (laughs) (laughs) Not a fan? Not a fan. (laughs) Yeah, it... Like I said, I don't don't think it was, like, a bad movie. I don't think it was bad. 
as a film on its own. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't good. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're talking about like the technical aspects of it, like it, it was, it was a, it's a good looking movie. Like that's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, you know, the acting w- wasn't bad at all, given like, I-, I do think the dialogue could have been a lot better. Yeah, it could have been, they could have, he, they, they just needed to be more human. Right. And not yeah, so one dimensional. Right. They weren't, they, it was like they were trying to turn everything into like a, it was almost like they were trying to write it like poetry. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but I mean, the actors, the actors did a, a, you know, good job with what they were given. Yeah. And I, I do think that. that if they hadn't tried to tie it to the first film through really title alone, mm-hmm. that it probably would have been better. But yeah, e- overall, overall, I was just mad. Mm-hmm. You know what it feels like? Hmm. It feels like they're trying like this feels like uh like a concept to the original story that they threw away right and then decided to come to to do instead later right yeah no i can see that absolutely like i can see mm-hmm. that where if this had been the first movie it would have made sense mhm and would have been better i think it would have been a lot better it wouldn't have been, like, it almost would have been better to swap them. <laughs> yeah, actually, right. Like, the second, yeah, like, the the second, no, I'm sorry. The first movie would have made more sense, plot-wise, coming after the events of this one. Mm-hmm. Like, as, like, this is just one more thing that happened to him that turned him into the monster he became. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, he lost his daughter, and then he stole this child, and then he lost her, and now, you know, now he's, now he's fully just checked into the Roach Motel, and he's not coming back. Right? Like, he's just full-on, full-on psycho mode. Mm -hmm. That would, you're right, that absolutely would have made more sense than trying to follow that movie with this one. Great. Like, things would need to have changed, change, been changed to the plots, slightly. But, like, I can think of the few things that would have needed to change, and it would have mm-hmm. been better. Right. Well, and, like, also, and of course they did this, because, like, they can't help themselves, but, like, the finger twitch at the end, where, like... Uh, of course. The whole the whole end game of a redemption arc of a... Re- Why do I keep saying that? The whole end game of a redemption arc like this... Is that he sacrifices his life. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how it should end. Right? And that's what you think happens. And then, of course, you, like, you know, see his fingers twitch. Like, he's not really dead. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, mm-hmm. trying to bring in the sort of air of invincibility he had in the first movie 
When in this one, people are beating the shit out of him at all times. Yes. <laughs> they are. Like, like it's, it's, he's up against, well, I mean, because, and that is one part that actually makes sense because he is up against people. He's up against like hardened criminals with military training. So obviously yes. they're going to kick his ass, right? As opposed mm-hmm. to the like stupid teenagers who just like stole Rolexes out right. of empty houses. Right. Like that, that made sense that people were beating the shit out of him all the time. But like, so mm-hmm. you're going to like beat the shit out of him for two hours and then you're going to have him suddenly turn invincible again. Where like, he's now been stabbed multiple times and like was lying dead on the floor and now he's not. I don't know. I mean, like, mm. the, try again. <laughs> the reason the first one worked so well was its simplicity. Yes. And they made this one so Baroque. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> like you expected circus music to like just faintly come in from the background somewhere. Yes. Like, right? Like like Pennywise music. Like that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the whole like... The whole abandoned hotel vibe. Like, and the abandoned hotel was cool. Don't get me wrong. But it did not belong in this movie. No. It's, you know, that whole set piece... And that whole plot line, really, belongs to a different movie. Mm-hmm. Like, those people were cartoonish. Not just in, like, how convoluted and evil their plot was, but also, like, just in their bearing. It goes along with, like, it just not seeming natural. Like, they are the ones that seemed the least, least natural of all. Yeah, it just, yeah. It just didn't work. It just didn't work. I think that's that's the yeah. Didn't work. I was mad. Those are those are your those are your major takeaways here. I think. Yep. <laughs> I won't be mad next week though. No, you won't. <laughs> next week I'll be a very happy girl. You have your redemption. <laughs> right. My redemption dark, which is what I keep saying for some reason. Um, Your redemption, Doc. <laughs> because this is a film that is cartoonish, but it embraces that. <laughs> cartoonish with intent. Right, yeah. Like, <laughs> you can be that. You have to be one or the other. Like, you either have right. to be serious or be ridiculous. If you try to do both, it doesn't work. <laughs> no. Not often. Not often no. does that ever work. Not often, no. Um, but yeah, so next week we are going to be doing Return of the Living Dead, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for I'm the shock tale. I'm excited for the shock tale. You gave me a sneak preview of it, and I was like, I'm sorry, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're doing what now? <laughs> so until next time, of course... Like and subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Um, Of course, we have our September video up on YouTube, which you can find us by looking up Friday Night Frights Podcast. Um, You can follow us on Instagram at Podcast, on Twitter at Pod. Of course, you can follow us on Facebook and see some updates uh, at Friday Night Frights. Our website is FNFrightsPodcast.com. And you can, of course, scream at us with your thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Scream at effingfrightspodcast.com. 
And, of course, we have our Patreon, our Fright Club. And Katie, what is the first rule of Fright Club? The first rule of Fright Club is, in general, don't steal children. I mean, I feel like it's a good rule. I feel like, I feel uh, like this... that's, a, that's a solid life choice, is to just yeah. not steal a child. This movie proved that fact um, twice. Mm-hmm. If you, in uh, fact, right, yeah, they just kept they just kept stealing the same child from each other. So, like, yep. you know, if you find a girl uh, lying unconscious in the middle of the street near a house that is burning down, maybe, you know, contact the authorities instead of just taking her home like she's a lost puppy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not how this works, folks. Because, again, none of this would have happened if he had not done that. Yep. She would yep. not have been in that position if he nope. had not done that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, making just the right like, life choices, folks. Just, just don't, just leave girls alone. In mm-hmm. general, you fucking lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> leave Whether girls and women alone. If they're three, if they're sixteen, if they're nineteen, just stop it. <laughs> so, guys and girls, we hope you enjoyed this Friday night bite. Join us next week for the Big Friday. But until then, sleep tight. <laughs>